0: Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, a long
1: Get Wisdom founder and, and creator, Carl Mollison. Not creator, creator, but... Uh founder, founder and, uh, and director of the Get Wisdom Project. So. Welcome, Carl.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yes, we're going to talk today and about uh, a figure in our channeling series. One of the things we're doing with a collaborator, Denny Hunt, is channeling beings in the light who have been prominent players in world affairs in one way or another, And this gives us a new perspective about things. We learn more about their life and the era they were a part of from the perspective of the light being up in the heavenly realm with creator and seeing the big picture about things, where humanity is headed, where it's come from, and having that real broad and detailed awareness that we lack down here in the physical at the moment. So, Sitting Bull was one of these uh, figures that came up who was an interesting person in many, many respects. And it's very much a topic still today about what happened to those Native American tribes and why. And is this the uh, result of the endemic racism that's widely touted in our politics? And it certainly uh, is regrettable. Timely,
1: yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> very timely. And you know I the sitting bull channeling out of the over hundred that you've done with Danny, I believe uh, is one of my personal favorites, if not the personal favorite of mine. Uh, I think it it just has so many revelations and and frankly, I think it's it's a shining example of channeling a personality where you can really make the argument, Carl, this is not me <laughs> this well, this one's uh, <laughs> particularly poignant on that point. <laughs>
2: Well, I've, I've never been a uh, devotee of Indian lore or Native American culture, and for a variety of reasons. I mean, I'm a busy guy. I've got many things and many interests and was more enamored of science and understanding nature from that perspective for many years. But I, I've been impressed again and again by the wisdom of those people, and we're going to hear about
1: that from, from Sitting Bull today indeed well let's get on with it uh you asked creator or see him by old habits die hard you asked sitting bull or denny did actually denny hunt because this is, this is actually a video channeling which you can see on get with them denny hunt asked creator or creator boy <laughs> sitting bull i gotta get my head screwed on straight here can you describe your relationship to the buffalo and also to the horse why did you call horses sacred dogs
2: All right, and this is what Sinning Bull told us. These are his words. These animals are truly special and were designed to be special. They were designed to be a useful adjunct for human beings. The earth is like the nest of a bird, constructed to be safe, to be a haven, to be a protective environment for nurturing and raising the young, and then a launching pad for greater adventures, greater freedom and variety of experience. The earth itself is the same. It is a giant nest in one sense, in part, and then other areas more rugged, more challenging, more varied, and even including many harsh environments are there to provide the variety and the opportunity to experience challenges to grow from. So it is meant to be complete and have a vast repertoire of possibilities. This is reflected in the animal life present as well, alongside people. And the buffalo, in many respects, is an ideal companion species. It is at once massive, but can be overtaken and killed as a source of food. It is not so wary or so fleet of foot or so perfectly able to defend itself as to be too great a match for a human hunter And in that way, through huge numbers in the historical era, served all the people I belonged to for many, many years. Not only as a source of food, but shelter in using the hides to construct larger canvas for dwellings and clothing as well. The buffalo was considered sacred for this reason. There was an awareness that it was a divine gift. This is part of the culture of the indigenous people all of whom are aware of a higher power, a higher origin, and a special destiny they are a part of. The awareness is not perfect. It lacks detail and much specificity. But the general sensing and the general feeling about it is quite accurate. All have been designed to be here and to be together. The horse, in particular, is more special yet because it was designed to be a human companion directly. One does not have pet buffalo even to this day, but the horse has been a worthy companion and helper for centuries throughout human history. And this we were quite aware of in our life and our people as well. And this is why we view the horse to be like the dog in this respect, a true friend of human and a special being. And a sacred one, because there was an intuitive awareness, there was a direct link in purpose, and the presence of these animals reflecting that link as a purposeful design and a purposeful instrumentation of the divine. To assist human and to help their life be amplified by the power granted in having a powerful steed for transportation and for fleetness in battle if that were necessary. This is the divine plan that the horse and the dog both were imbued with human quality of companionship and a love expression. It is a love of bonding, not a romantic love, but a recognition on a soul level that we belong together. This is what is shared by the dog, the horse, and the human and indeed has been borne out again and again to the present day. And that is the reason for the special status I spoke of as sitting bull.
1: Well, you know, it's you know the way that the Native Americans were brought down, the most effective way was taking the buffalo away from them. That yes. was an incredibly dark deed.
2: Well, it sure was. It changed their lifestyle for the worse and was... Uh, really a desecration of their sacred sense of things Yes, from higher knowing Absolutely. and that's the thing that shines with these these tribal people that they were so aware of the divine in everything not right. only there's a divine source and a divine level of consciousness that's out there but they felt divinity in the things around them and in nature itself and that was an accurate intuitive perception
1: because there's divine consciousness in everything. Indeed. And they, they managed to, to live on this continent that most people who live on here today can't imagine doing. I mean, they, they fed off the forests that are still out there. You know, the things that they hunted and gathered are still out there, but nobody knows about them anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. You asked, you asked sitting bull. I'm going to get this right before the end of the program. Can you describe the significance, purpose, and possible validity of the ghost dance? Okay, this is an actual movement he was a part of, that the
2: native dances of these people were very powerful, and this was feared by the powers that be, and they saw it as a kind of an encouragement that could get these people riled up and maybe be more a thorn in the side of the kind of... um, cultural shift going on with their displacement. And it ultimately ended up getting Sitting Bull killed that he was a part of this, but probing into this has revealed some interesting things about body movement and dance in particular. So I thought this is really worth sharing. So what about this ghost dance? All right, so this is Sitting Bull's words. This was a divinely impulsed idea and is one of many things done all through history for various people to have a way to better connect with their higher awareness and to release stored negativity within them. This dance was multi-purpose. All tribal dances are an inner innate wisdom. There is a need for releasing inner tension, inner anguish, anxiety, and fear. The act of physical dancing is therapeutic, Because it transforms the person into a special state of consciousness where they surrender the higher conscious thinking that is otherwise relentless and all-consuming and can become a sole point of focus, leaving the individual isolated in one corner of their mind indefinitely while neglecting many other rich opportunities. In the act of dancing, they surrender to the moment and with the rhythm and the chanting that often accompanies develop a powerful meditative state despite the level of physical activity ongoing. This does two things. It allows the release and draining away of stored negativity, for it is signaling the body we are standing down, we are relaxing and letting go, and at the same time we are energizing ourselves for a useful purpose. And what happens is the stored negativity becomes translated into physical movement and becomes dissipated. It is sort of like a special kind of grounding that acts as a drain, much as a lightning rod will conduct an excess of electrical energy from the sky into the earth and prevent something happening to what is in between. It gives the excess energy a place to go that is safe and can be absorbed and redirected. This happens with dance movement. So the creation of that state of release by quieting the conscious thinking opens the sensory awareness to the higher realms as well. So what this did was to allow a closer communion with creator as well as to other beings of light who might have reason to communicate. And so the way the dance was conducted was in part to create a time to focus on one's ancestors. And what this enabled was for many to experience a closeness with a departed loved one or a great prior leader who they might be a descendant of, but wanting counsel, wanting solace, wanting wisdom to be imparted. And this, in fact, did happen for those open to the experience. This was noticed and became a basis for attack and a backlash as well from extraterrestrial alliance and is no different than what happens in the current time with the psychic mediums, the channelers, those wanting an intuitive connection with loved ones or wanting to do intuitive exploration for learning and growth and even wanting to meditate and connect in some way with a higher part of themselves. All such activities are noticed and all will be answered in some way to suppress the impulse and so that is what happened with the Native Americans using this as a tool. It met with a heavy effort to suppress it.
1: Well, this kind of reminds me um, the situation with Falun Gong and the, the, the with the Chinese. It's a, it's draw a similar parallel to this. Um, it it seems like that's been focused on and attacked in, in a relentless way, very similarly to this. Um, so yeah, it, but but it's also revealing that you know. Any kind of physical activity that takes some form of concentration and repetitive movement can also be a tremendous stress reducer, which is probably what creators referring to with the negativity that's being drained away.
2: Well, it's an example of ignorance. If anything, Western cultural ignorance, the ignorancy of the white race and others in the so-called more sophisticated and cultured uh um, you know, Western institutions and so forth, you know, looking down on indigenous people as being primitive, you know, as they dance around a fire or something. And this is sort of the classic uh, image that's put up about Native Americans, you know, doing the yeah. powwow and the, the the rain dance and the, the, the nightly dances and the war dances and all of this. But, but,
1: but when you think about it, is it really that different from going to a health club and w- watching people in tight leotards doing their dancing thing to, to rhythmic music. I mean, how different is it, you know, at the end of the day? <laughs> well,
2: it, I would argue that it's superior, but. Oh, absolutely. Because,
1: I agree too. Yes.
2: Because yeah. of the psychological benefits. Right. So right. we could probably learn something from this.
1: Oh, I have no doubt about it.
2: That's yes. A- yes. So there's, there's some things to explore here as potential
1: opportunities today. Right. But I was just commenting on that. You said it, we looked on it as primitive. It's like, Really, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's primitive if what you're, you're doing at the health club is primitive, too, which you don't think is primitive. So it's definitely not primitive was the point I was trying to.
2: Yeah, make? Yeah, this this is rather elegant in thinking yes. about connecting to higher realms. I mean, this is this is something people have longed for. Yeah, absolutely. The ages.
1: No, they have a lot to teach, which is why they were a threat. Yeah. Denny asked uh, Sitting Bold that was channeling through you. Why was freedom and war so important to the Lakota?
2: Okay, and we get near to the nub of the image uh, that has been portrayed about the Native Americans. And it was largely in reaction, I think, to the pressures put on them. But war was a feature, and Sitting Bull was very much in it, fighting against the encroachment. And this is what uh, Sitting Bull says This was, in its deepest sense, an inner awareness on a deep level of our divinity. That is to say the divinity of human being. So even though our opponents were human beings, we were more aware of our own people as a unit, as a group and viewed outsiders warily through hard-won history, knowing that even other tribes could be troublesome and untrustworthy. So the issue at hand for us was maintaining our integrity and personal survival at all times, and having that as the highest priority, including turning to war if that were necessary for the preservation. This is deeply rooted in human history and was certainly true of the people I was among. And the reason is simple competition for resources as well as manipulation. Divide and conquer is used over and over and over again as against humanity. It is the interlopers who darken the heart and then steal the resolve to be unrelenting and inflexible and demand respect and observance of one's own perspectives and rules and demands. This is unrealistic. Two people cannot be winners in most thinking. To pit them against one another is a prescription for conflict. So it is easy to engender simple, simply by creating a contest And this can be done easily through manipulation, whether it is the ability to hunt in a certain region where tribal operations border one another or the possession of something left unattended and seemingly discarded that might be claimed by someone finding it. And then an escalating argument to pit the power of one versus the other with pride always an element in individual perspectives on legal possession rights, creating tension and discord. It might seem outlandish to think that all through history, extraterrestrial spacecraft have hovered over native peoples and beamed them with propaganda and manipulated them psychically to fight among themselves, to fight with neighbors, to conquer others and take their treasure. But we can assure you from our vantage point here in the light, we can see this over and over if we choose. It is all on record everything that happens is recorded and available for a replay to be studied. Those who were manipulated and did wrong to one another must still make amends and rebalance what they caused to happen and are continuing to repay it. This is one reason for the high disease rates among the indigenous tribes who still remain together on reservations to this day, as well as the struggles emotionally with substance abuse.
1: Well, we're coming up on a break, Carl, uh, but boy, there's an awful lot to mine here, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, and we're going to get into it more. The idea of extraterrestrials involved
1: in this contest. Yes, yes. Uh, (laughs) As as bizarre as that sounds. it's exactly and we, we run into this this project all the time so people that are listening to it so hopefully are getting used to this but uh, yes we're going to get into that and it's it's weird but it's very very important coming up next more insights on Sitting Bull and what's behind the disappearance of the Native American culture when we come back with more Get Wisdom
0: Welcome back for the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are
1: talking about um, a channeling of sitting bull from the light that Carl did with Denny Hunt a bit earlier. And it's quite revealing in terms of the Native American plight.
2: Yes, well, we're used to
1: war and
2: the pressures among differing groups, particularly if there are racial differences, as being due to racism. Yes. Feeling superior of one group compared to the other, and that causing even genocide at its extreme. And the thing we've learned through Get Wisdom is there's always a deeper reason, and that's given as an excuse. And the emotions are aroused in people to hold them, and it's a cover story. There's a deeper level to the manipulation. All wars have an ulterior motive that's not even human. We're being controlled and manipulated.
1: So let's get into it. Absolutely. Denny asked, Sitting Bull, channeling through you, what was the purpose of the destruction of the North American tribes? What was the karmic situation that existed and was it a contributing factor before this annihilation?
2: And this is Sitting Bull's words. This was seen as a convenient opportunity to eliminate whole groups of people who were of lesser interest to the extraterrestrial alliance. They had largely been ignored for many centuries because they were small in number and of little importance to the global enterprise. Once there was an expansion into their territory by the Western European culture that had long been under the thumb of the extraterrestrial alliance, then it was viewed as an opportunity to create mayhem by pitting those two worlds, those two cultural heritages against one another. With the prospect that the white settlers having been subjugated and manipulated effectively for so long a time could be used readily as a weapon to decimate the indigenous people who in comparison were more unruly, not as fully subjugated and accordingly more of a potential nuisance, if not a threat to the aims of the extraterrestrial alliance to control all things and to use humans as minions to exploit them and gain personally for themselves. So this was the backdrop. It does not need to be the case that a group of individuals with technological superiority, a well-developed and sophisticated cultural history, needs to annihilate people, seen as more primitive, because they live in a simpler fashion and live nicely off the land without the trappings of a modern life. That is taken for granted because it is programmed into the seemingly superior culture to have that perspective. If you think about this, it is very analogous to a group of adults, wiped of memory, living among themselves and journeying to a new territory where groups of children are present, and then deciding they need to be killed because they are not like us. They are too simple. They are too naive. They are too limited in their power and their reach. We are bigger, we are stronger, we have weapons, and they are in our way. This makes no sense, except as a choice of a depraved leadership. But that is truly who orchestrated this. It was not a clash of cultures, per se. It was not manifest destiny of civilization versus an undeveloped primitive culture of unruly beings, of a group of savages, as they were labeled at the time. This was orchestrated to be an extermination, a form of genocide, quite specifically because it suited the aims of the interlopers in their depraved thinking that power is what is special, what is important and must be maintained and rewarded again and again with victims to prove its worth through exercising the power. And the only source of enjoyment being causing harm to others is a source of pleasure and satisfaction That is what we mean by depraved. It is turning reason on its head, and it is throwing out all the love. That is the state of being of those who rule the earth and who have orchestrated things all through history. And that is true as well of what took place in the dark fate of all the Indian tribes living in North America. It was a widespread, purposeful, planned, orchestrated, and carefully carried out genocidal extermination. This, of course, was blamed on the human beings present at the time who carried out the raids, who did the settlements and then jealously defended their new farms and villages. But it was through manipulation that they felt entitled and became willing tools of the oppressors, spreading across the continent and clearing a path through creation of many, many victims and countless deaths, not only of those they decimated and conquered, but all of the ancestors who would have thrived if they were left alone and simply respected as having been their first and thereby earning priority status to occupy the land. And this could have gone entirely in a different direction if it were left up to uncorrupted human beings. There is room still in the United States of America to support many, many more people than currently are present. It is quite a political bone of contention, so to speak, simply because the political constraints on immigration are such that it must be done often through illegal means or not at all, or not within a reasonable span of time when one is yearning for a better life. Children are being born and one can see that a dark future awaits without greater freedom. This is a compelling incentive to find a way to break into the land of plenty and reach for the American dream. That is not to say this does not have two sides to the argument. We are simply making the point that at the time the indigenous tribes were slated for elimination, there were gentler solutions that could have allowed cohabiting both groups to the present day in a peaceful fashion, which would have benefited both through getting to know one another and learning from one another. It would have greatly benefited the white settlers, To have the native wisdom we were in tune with and understanding the interrelationship with what is now termed Gaia, the earth as a whole, the land, the sky, and the living things, and the wisdom in nature itself, the consciousness of all that exists in nature, and the plant life as well, understanding far more than humans realize. This we were aware of and used in living to gain counsel, and this could still contribute to human thinking if shared and appreciated more broadly. All of this was constrained and prevented from happening, and it was all deliberate. It was orchestrated by extraterrestrials to create the genocidal onslaught, and that has happened over and over again through human history. It is an inhuman choice, and something that humans, left on their own to be
1: normal, will not do. You know, I think a shining example of how things really could have been different is something that most of us are familiar with today, and that's the Amish. The Amish are very different. They, they live an entirely different lifestyle. Um, they have different values. They don't have different skin colors, so, you know, they are white. But, you know, they, they really are a departure from the norm, and yet they live in peace, and they interact with us on a day-to-day basis. That could have happened with the American Indian tribes on a much larger scale, but what we're learning here through this channeling is that it wasn't humans left to their own devices that probably would have created that reality, in, 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 in fact. But it was the extraterrestrial interlopers that pushed the genocide button.
2: Yes. Well, this is, this is quite shocking. And, and I'm sure wholly unbelievable for many. Um, and, I, you know, I feel bad about that, but we've had to contend with this coming to us again and again from everyone we speak to because it's such a huge problem. This is the reality of the world, and it, it's not going in our way. These are small examples, even though they involve millions of people ultimately, of the pressures we're under, and it's increasing.
1: The pressures are increasing. Yes, it's increasing on a bigger scale because, you know, certainly there were wars amongst Indian tribes well before the white man ever arrived, and well back in Europe before anybody came over here, the Scots were fighting the Brits and the French were fighting the the, the Visigoths, and you know, it's just it was it was always constant warfare throughout history. So there's a there's a combining theme here, and that is we are being manipulated across the board. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you asked. Uh, uh, Denny asked. Sitting Bull, through you, what was the contact, if any, between any factions of extraterrestrials and the North American tribes? Who were these beings?
2: And this is Sitting Bull's words.
1: There were contacts
2: done with the elders at times, and with medicine men in particular. This was all done for purposes of manipulation, to strengthen the propaganda through having a visible appearance and a message conveyed, to give false encouragement and a false sense of importance and duty, and to harden the resolve, to resist the white incursion. This is a kind of game they play. They want strife, they want war, but they do not want to win too easily. They want the battle to be difficult, and in particular, they want the battle to be bloody. It is no great joy for them or source of pleasure to see a superior force run roughshod over hapless victims, The honor and glory come from a fairer fight, one in which they have still loaded the dice, so to speak. So there is one side with a great advantage, but it will not be simple and will lead to great mayhem and perhaps a long period of struggle. They know this will greatly increase the number of casualties in the end, because the longer the two sides are in conflict, the more deaths are the result. The greater the animosity will grow and then the ruthlessness to do wholesale killing and extermination will be seen as just revenge and not an act of cowardice in killing the defenseless. This is why things developed as they did and why in the end humans were left holding the bag, so to speak, and blamed themselves for the unjust savagery and the genocidal consequences. This was designed to happen. It was orchestrated to happen. It was
1: manipulated to happen. And all were victims. Yeah, we can see this kind of signature organization basically in wars throughout history. You know, it is kind of uncanny how wars actually get dragged out over long periods of time. Yes. You know, when it seems like, you know, a war could really be over in a matter of days, you know, but it, it, it rarely works out that way and that's part of the orchestration as well
2: it's a kind of a grinding down and a worsening of human resolve a disheartening and a ceaseless agony and that's part of the game for these overlords these puppet masters of humanity and if you think about what's been happening even in more recent times the vietnam war for example yeah you know went on what 15 years or something and and it was recoiled from and there, there was a period of time I remember where we didn't do much in the military sense because we were so disheartened having gone through that and it was right. so distasteful and look back often with alarm and some feelings of shame by some that it, it was sort of like an inhibition the military shaped under this Yes. And I, I remember when the Gulf War broke out, the, you know, there was sort of a jubilation. Well, we've gotten over that Vietnam albatross, you know, and now we're, we can engage in war again with pride once more. And <laughs> I'm thinking, wait, wait, what's, what's wrong with learning that lesson and having it stick? You know? Right, exactly. And, and, and I, but- I just heard yesterday that 64% of military personnel who were surveyed recently – Feel that the Iraq war was a mistake. Sure. You know, so uh, and here, you know, we're still in Afghanistan after how many years now? I think it's the longest running war of yep. modern times now. Yep. Yep. No yep. end yes. in sight in the Middle East in the turmoil. And so this is just a continuum. It's a continuation of the plots against us to use yep. humans to create entertainment for a depraved extraterrestrial
1: cabal, and we really can't put you a more clear label on it than that. Well, when you think about it, what what sense does it even begin to make when American troops were retaking the same hill in Vietnam multiple times and then giving it back and then taking it again, and giving it back? It's talk about a level of insanity. There, but. The explanation that there's something behind that that is actually enjoying the process, that that, well, that delights in that kind of insanity. Okay. That actually well, makes, makes sense. <laughs> well, think back a little further in history to the
2: time when, to conduct a war, the troops would line up opposite one another, standing upright, taking aim, <laughs> and shooting at one another at the, at the <laughs> enemy lines. right. And they and then, dropped like flies. That and never made sense to me
1: either. You know, the, the Indian way of actually fighting, which the white man picked up on very, very fast, especially the revol- you know, the colonial revolutionaries, was, you know, guerrilla true guerrilla warfare, you know, where you, you, you hide, then you take your shot and then you run. You know? And if you want to preserve yourself, that seems to make the most sense. So it never made sense to me this whole regiment's lining up and firing volleys at each other. The cat you know you're gonna lose. It's it's a battle of attrition, you know, who's standing at the end. Well, you know, what's the incentive of destroying so many people in the process? It has to be a game. It's even well, a game amongst the generals doing it probably, to some level. Well,
2: it's it's a symbol of discipline, military discipline, and what is that? It's a form of mind control. Yes, to make people believe they are serving a higher cause and they have to steel themselves, dispense with common sense. And their own survival instinct to put themselves in harm's way like that. I mean, it takes tremendous courage. Yeah. But it, it's a corruption at the same time, unfortunately. And and the humans are the losers. No one wins from war. No one. Even the victor does not win. It's a pyrrhic victory because it's, it's a debasement, a wounding of their own soul to have participated and that's a deeper kind of spiritual perspective, but we're we're talking about the mechanics and the consequences really at at this level. Yes. And and that's sad and tragic enough to right. to realize what people go through over and over and over. And when a whole group of people and a whole race of people are almost totally annihilated, something's
1: deeply deeply wrong. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know. It, there was a hint of that in this uh, channeling, where Sinning Bull talked about what he what was meant by the word depravity. You know, um, Sitting Bull revealed that these beings are incapable incapable of deriving or having a sense of any kind of fun or pleasure except by creating and witnessing and instigating suffering other beings. Yeah, that's the only way they can have pleasure and fun. And so yeah, that is what yeah. they do. Well, this this is the the,
2: the characteristic of the psychopath, and yes. we know quite a lot about this. You know, we're just giving you a taste of of the knowledge accumulated within Get Wisdom and probing into the origins and the makeup and the uh, the various groups and extraterrestrial civilizations involved. And are here now running things from behind the scenes. And it's a, it's a perspective they hold because they are spiritually corrupt. They are atheists. And they have turned away from divinity probably millions of years ago now. they Through corruption yes. of themselves, through a dark spirit cohort. This is the fallen angels warned about in the scriptures. Yes. And... The end result has been closing off their lifeline to the higher self, the seat of conscience. And people become first narcissistic, self-involved, self-promoting, and unable to be very loving to others. And eventually, on that scale, reach the psychopath, where there is no conscience whatsoever and no
1: ability to love
2: and no compassion.
1: No capacity to draw pleasure from Engaging in love, witnessing love, seeing love. In fact, it enrages them when they see it.
2: Yes. Yeah. They don't even understand it. They deride it and they they denigrate humans because we still have it, and they see it as weakness and deserving of being snuffed out.
1: And they take great pleasure when they engage in that very activity. Well, we're at the end of a second uh, second segment. Uh, come back for the third segment we'll be talking more about how sitting bull sees the future of humanity be right back
0: scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars featured the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the
1: final segment of Get Wisdom. We're talking about a channeling that Carl did with Denny, Denny Hunt on with Sitting Bull as the, as the subject coming through. Uh, we're going to see in this segment... Uh, What Sitting Bull sees for the future, having looked back at the past, having lived through an American genocide already, what is his perspective on what we face in the future? Well, this this
2: is getting rather dark, and and (laughs) I I feel a little uh, sad about that. But this is such a a pressing issue because it's in our face now, except most people are still unaware. And people need to be awakened. And I hear this from Creator every day, practically, I do channeling work. It'll come out in some way or another. Yes. That the time is, is growing short when we can turn this around because we're at a disadvantage here. We're controlled. We have been for many thousands of years. Yep. But these these forces are getting impatient. So
1: and, there's an authentic uh, lesson here for sure. Yes. And let's, let's get on with it. So Denny asked Sitting Bull through you. Where and what are the greatest points of healing for the tragedy of the North American tribal genocide that can be pursued by humans who care? Right, this is Sitting Bull's words. What we can see from
2: the higher awareness we enjoy is being the circle of life and the role of the human family within, that you are all involved in this saga, one way or another, directly or indirectly, you personally, your forebears, your cousins, your kindred spirits, your cultural twins, contaminated in their thinking in various ways at various times, caught up in the conflict, in putting pressure on existing cultures to give way to invaders. All of the sag- sagas of history are the legacy of all. The interconnection is more than simply being guilty by association. You have all literally come and gone through multiple lifetimes, dotted all across the globe. If you are German or Irish or Indian or Pakistani, you have been much more than that. You have lived in other times and places, other cultures, and had many, many experiences of the same kind, leading to the decimation of Native American tribal people. You have had a hand in death. You have had a hand in being killed All have the stain of the suppression on their soul because it is seen to. The number one preoccupation of those who control the planet is to make all a party to the madness. If there is one thing they hate above all else in humans, it is when there is an innocent among you, unsullied, pristine. They will attack such individuals with a vengeance to corrupt them and put evil in their hearts and push them into some act of depravity that will drag them down and essentially spoil their life. This they have done to everyone. So every human is walking wounded in a very, very real sense. You all have a shared responsibility in not resisting this and not learning the lesson quickly enough to find a solution more quickly. Realize this has gone on for many thousands of years. You have come again and again and again to be a force for good, a force for the divine, to resist the manipulation, to find ways to overcome the oppression, to throw off the overseers, and to keep the spark of freedom and liberty alive. That is the divine state of being. It is the attribute that distinguishes human beings above all forms of life throughout the universe. It is the liberty you enjoy that is an aspect of your soul, to be an independent being with freedom of choice and freedom of movement, if not manipulated or constrained by a malevolent power that gets the upper hand. But that in fact is what has happened. You are now prisoners in your own world and do not realize it. You are allowed to come and go, but it is moving from one cell block to another and not true freedom. All around you are constraints, walls and barriers put in place by your fellow humans acting at the behest of the interlopers. This is what life has become for a long span of time. The only way forward to surmount this is to take back the reins and employ your birthright to partner once again with the divine realm. To seek a better way to raise up humanity by raising up once again the hearts of the depraved who otherwise will destroy you, be removed by your wanting them to be rescued from their depravity. This is not only humane, it is divine and is the best answer. That is what is needed, a divine rescue, not a greater military force to enable you to fight to the death if need be and suffer in the bargain and end up likely destroyed anyway with even greater karmic negativity to surmount in the future. What is needed is divine love of such magnitude nothing can stand up to it and the greatest of physical material power cannot penetrate. That is the power of divine love. It is unconquerable. It outranks everything else because the greatest of physical forces in the universe are simply a manifestation of love energy in some respect. But as a mere component, going nowhere close to outranking or overpowering divine love. This is not a faint hope or a naive hope or a kind of misdirection to yet again have you be duped by a false promise. This is divine truth you are listening to. It is coming from creator through my energy because it is the best answer for your question and to address the broader need of humanity implied in its asking. The fact you have such a question before you is because of the subjugation and the conquering that is old news. You are living as slaves and prisoners already. The only ultimate question remaining is, what is to become of you now? You will not be set free by your captors. And at the present time, they have decided it is in their interest to annihilate you, growing tired as they have become of the nuisance to continue the manipulation. The choice before you is to survive or give up. Most have given up through surrendering to the complacency of the extraterrestrial overseers. They are not taking action of any kind and their desires do not figure into the equation at this point in time. They have opted out. They are effectively sidelined and powerless. It is those listening to these words who still have a say, but they themselves must register their wishes. It must be declared. It must be act asked of the divine directly. They cannot do it themselves That is a kind of misdirection as well that the spiritual community teaches. It is humans have the power. That because you are special and have a kind of divinity, therefore you control your destiny and can do so simply with your thoughts to manifest the great ascension of enlightenment and rescue. This is a disinformation campaign cleverly imparted by the manipulators Talking to the spiritual leaders in the deep subconscious, giving rise to these notions and then feeling quite excited about it and quite happy they are a part of such a wondrous event and in possession of such profound awareness and enjoying the adulation and admiration of their followers. This is because their egos are appealed to and is part of the programming as well. You have a higher duty and a higher reach to make to the true divide, But you will be heard with a simple thought, asking for assistance, asking for creator's love to raise everyone up, especially the perpetrators, so they once again can feel a desire for a better path and simply withdraw without further harm. This is a much better solution and is within your reach to have happen. It must be launched by you. It must come from you. It must be heartfelt. It must be genuine. And it must come from belief. If you no longer believe in the divine, you have work to do. That is your work. The divine will not manipulate you to believe. It is all your choice and always has been. And that in part is how things have gone off track. You have been vulnerable because it is you who are in charge and you are vulnerable to the power possessed by the interlopers. That is not fair. It is not just, but it is what has happened and has been a learning opportunity. You can gain from it. If you prevail, it will then have been worth the struggle. This you cannot see yet, but is waiting with the higher awareness You will inherit through standing strong and desiring the love to reign. It can start with your love for one another and a better future. It is in your hands to request this. The divine is always, always listening. And the
1: love is always there for you. Well, again, there's an awful lot said there. Um, It's created our So, Bull talks about the the divine love and how there's nothing that is more powerful than it. But then he also talks about that we need to ask and request that this love be brought in to raise up the interlopers. We were talking earlier that the interlopers are only able to experience pleasure through witnessing and instigating the suffering of others. And the only way they're going to have an impulse to do anything loving again is if the divine realm intervenes via our prayer request. It's the only way it's going to happen. It's not going to happen otherwise.
2: Yes. And, and basically the meaning that was clear here and it wasn't elaborated on is we can't stand up to them militarily. No. We can't root out their influences in all our institutions. That would be hugely disruptive and, and, and complicated and difficult. <laughs> Putting it mildly. (laughs) We have to go back up to God and ask for help directly to undo this suppression. Yes. And it has to start from those other outsiders to raise them up enough that they will stand down from their dire plans.
1: Their hearts have to be changed.
2: Yes. Literally.
1: We can't do that. We can't do that. We don't have the power. We don't have the means. Only the divine does. And unfortunately, or just, just it's the rules of engagement, the divine is not going to do that without our request. This is a free will zone down here. We've talked about that in many shows as well. And the divine respects the free will choices of everyone involved, even vis-a-vis each other. So yeah. we have the free will to ask for intervention for other beings. And right. that's what's required to make it happen. The, the divine will come in as a response to our free will. But won't come in because if somebody doesn't want divine intervention, they're not going to get it. But if we ask for it, now there's a calculus that takes place. You know, what can be done? What can be done? So well, we we're, in, we're in charge of the world. That's the free will enterprise. But
2: it's under test and it's under stress and strain like never before. Yes, And we're going to be challenged with the ultimate test fairly soon. There is a disclosure movement bringing forth the reality that ETs are here. You see the signs on cable TV, things in the news starting up again about UFOs and so on. And their plan is to come forward, to come out of the closet. Yes. And this this we are told is going to be near the end because if people accept them as our helper and our savior and someone we can trust to run things because we've presumably messed things up, it will be our undoing. So and the, just keep that in mind. If you think this is all nonsense, wait until that happens and think back what you heard here today.
1: Yes, definitely. So, Carl, we're uh, at the end of the program again. Boy, this stuff goes fast. But uh, be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com where you can actually see the Sitting Bull channeling. Um, you can sign up as a participant member and you get access to over 100 of these video uh, channeling series that have been put together by Carl and Denny. And we will be looking forward to talking with you some more on future episodes of Get Wisdom. Thanks, Carl. Bye-bye. Be well.
0: Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.